A young lady was sitting in her garden under a mulberry tree, sipping her tea. All of a sudden, something white fell from the tree and landed in her drink. It was a cocoon. As the cocoon unraveled in the hot tea, the young lady realized that it was made from a long thread that was both strong and soft. She found a tiny creature inside the cocoon, which would come to be known as Bombyx mori, the caterpillar of the domestic silk moth. She started thinking about how she could make use of the new material she had discovered. Does this story sound a bit familiar? It does remind me of Isaac Newton, who stumbled upon the idea of the law of gravity while sitting beneath an apple tree, after he was bumped on the head with a piece of falling fruit. The story of the young woman and her tea is a popular version of the Chinese legend about the goddess of silk, Lei Zu. She was wife of the mythical Yellow Emperor Huang Di, who was said to have ruled China in about 3000 BC. The lady Lei Zu sounds just like a budding scientist. She's said to have bred silkworms and made the discovery that feeding them mulberry leaves produce the best silk. She's also credited with inventing a loom to weave the raw fibers they made into beautiful fabric. No one truly knows how much of the legend of Lei Zu is true, but it makes for a great story. But what historians do know for sure is that China was the first civilization to use silk. It's said that when silk was first invented, silk garments were worn by emperors and royalty, and it was a status symbol. Common people were prohibited from wearing the fabric, which was restricted for use by the noble class. But over time, its use spread, and a wider range of social classes began wearing tunics made of silk. As the production of silk increased, it began to be put into industrial use and became a part of musical instruments, fishing lines, bowstrings, even rag paper, the world's first luxury paper. And during the Han Dynasty some 2,000 years ago, a use was found for silk as a currency. Yes, there are documents from this era telling us about farmers who paid their taxes in grain and silk. The state also made payments in silk, and government employees got paid with silk. If you could take a time machine back to those days and ask a civil servant, why do you go to work every day? The answer might just be to earn some silk. For all this time, only the Chinese knew the secrets to the production of silk. Sericulture, which refers to the practice of silk production, was one of the world's longest kept industrial secrets. Anyone who revealed the secret to its production or who smuggled silkworm eggs or cocoons outside China would be punished by death. And it's not hard to understand why rulers back then would go to that extreme to protect this trade secret. To them, silk production was exceptionally important intellectual property, as we'd say in today's language. It was a lucrative industry, especially when it came to trade. Silk was widely traded and smuggled along the Silk Road, which stretched all the way from China to India and through Central Asia to the Middle East. It was the longest trade route across land, and it allowed early contact between the Roman Empire and China. 
The ancient Romans would dish out gold for the shimmering cloth that was able to keep its wearers cool in hot weather and warm in cold weather. It's said that the Romans spent so much gold on importing Chinese silk that Emperor Tiberius forbade the wearing of silk by men. The Romans naturally wondered how silk was made. They knew that other cloths such as linen and cotton was made from plants, so they mistakenly guessed that silk came from a plant. Pliny, the Roman historian, wrote in his Natural History in 70 BC that, quote-unquote, Soak was obtained by removing the down from the leaves with the help of water. The ancient Chinese were unable to keep the secrets of soak making just to themselves, despite their best efforts. Knowledge about soak production had been carried to Korea and Japan in around 200 BC with the arrival of waves of Chinese immigrants. It's believed that shortly after 300 AD, sericulture traveled westward and silkworm cultivation was established in India. Around the 13th century, the Italians, who had been fans of silk since Roman times, became one of the major producers of silk, and it's where some of the world's finest silk cloth is made today. In Latin, the place from where silk came from was called Serica, derived from the Chinese word for silk, Sichou. The English name silk is believed to come from the Old English word siolok, which in turn came from Greek sirikos. So, silk is one of the English words with its origin in China. I guess it then makes a lot of sense if the production of silk is called sericulture, doesn't it? Perhaps it's because the ancient Chinese kept the secrets of silk production such a closely guarded secret for so long that it explains why nobody knows for sure who it was that invented it and when that happened. But archaeological discoveries have helped to shed some light on its history. Half of a silkworm cocoon was unearthed in 1926 from the lowest soil beside the Yellow River in northern China. That cocoon seemed to have been cut in half and has been dated to some 6,000 years ago. 90 years later after this discovery, in 2016, scientists in China published biomolecular evidence of prehistoric fibroin, an insoluble protein found in silk, in soil samples collected from a Neolithic site in central China. The discovery greatly advances the study of the material's history and the Neolithic cultures that date back some 8,500 years, much further back in history than the time of the goddess of silk. Lei Tzu might not be the one who created the first silk fabric after all, but it's unlikely that we'll ever be able to pin the name of one inventor on this invention. But hopefully, there are still opportunities for modern technologies to help us unveil more mysteries about Silk's distant past. And the next time you wear a Silk scarf or tie, or rest your head on a Silk pillowcase, I hope you'll be able to recall the legends of the ancient nation that tried to keep Silk a secret for centuries. And thank you for listening to this episode of A Thousand Wise. I'm Ning Yan. I hope your day runs smoothly as Silk. <laughs>